Good evening. It's Friday, uh, January 17th. Um, I find myself uh, still in Utah, not on a plane back to Kansas City uh, due to a canceled flight, which is all right. Um, we all manage as we manage, and so here I am. Um, it's the Snake River Lib podcast, uh, broadcasting from uh, beautiful uh, Lehigh, Utah. Today started off with a very cloudy and snowy day, but uh, the sun came out, melted off a lot of the snow, at least on the streets. Uh, the, the mountains are still snowy and everything. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, in fact, primarily, primary thing I wanted to talk about tonight, I mentioned it a little bit the last time uh, regarding uh, Bernie Sand- Senator Bernie Sanders and uh, uh, some of his people in Iowa uh, that... Uh, describe themselves as anarcho-communists. Um, they're willing to, uh, um, they want a revolution, not willing to do it, but they want a revolution. They are uh, committed to um, burning down Milwaukee if Bernie Sanders is is aced out of the uh, Democratic nomination again, which seems likely, which of course... Let's presume even for a moment that he does win it. The likelihood of him winning the election, and this is very, very important because of the people that are supporting Senator Sanders, because he really is a person that is, I mean, he's a true believer. He's not somebody that's just a, a liberal that's, you know, for years, conservatives, and myself included, referred to uh, Democrats as socialists and communists. Now, Bernie's a real deal. You know, I mean, he, he was uh, thrown out of a commune because he refused to carry his uh, his share of the load. And so what he do? He did the next best thing to being in a commune. He got a job um, uh, as mayor of his uh, town in Ver- Vermont and then uh, moved on into Congress and Senate. Now he's uh, going for president. Uh, promising free for everything, uh, although now he's he has admitted that it's not going to be free. Um, well, if you don't work, it's going to be free. So we'll just go with that. But but here's what's here's what's the concern. And so, I, of course, you know, for me, context is everything. Um, uh, if you've heard of Georgia Orwell, of course, most conservatives have. George Orwell wrote a couple books. Uh, they're very, very famous, uh, philosophically speaking, uh, philosophically on the right, at least. Um, Animal Farm and 1984. Of course, 1984 describes a, a dystopian future. Well, now, future then when he wrote it. Uh, now well in the past, although it does seem like it's kind of more and more coming true where we rewrite history, um, where uh, certain words are being eliminated out of the vocabulary, you know, uh, definitions, you know, things where that used to have meaning uh, no longer have meaning. Um, and so we are working in that direction, but George Orwell wrote these books um, here's the thing about George Orwell. You know, he was not uh, um, a a massive, you know, right wing guru. For those that don't know, George Orwell uh, was one of these um, uh, 
freedom fighters fighting fascism in the Spanish Civil War. He went down uh, um, to fight Franco, um, essentially supporting uh, the royalists, supporting the Republic of Spain as uh, Franco overtook and uh, demolished it. And George Orwell, and and here's this is the 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 people who the anarchists who who would who talk about a utopia where they can go and they can live and 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 there's not going to be any giant over overwhelming state, which is what they want. George Orwell was one of them, and early on. In the Spanish Civil War, in the parts that were uh, were held by uh, Republican uh, um, army and and those fighting on the uh, Spanish government side against Franco, uh, which was a military coup, uh, the fascist uh, Franco. Um, in the United States, is uh, well, it's all convoluted. I don't want to go there because it's not pertinent to the story. Um, so, so Orwell was fighting on the side of the the uh, Spanish uh, Republican government, and people had abolished property, just like uh, the communists talk about, um, that everybody owned everything, and they had taken away all the property from the church, um, you know, taken away all the farms from the people that owned the farms and everything. And so everything was hunky-dory. Except here's the problem, and this is why um, this anarchist communism won't work. Is because, one, there's no clear leadership in it. Well, I mean, which is, by its very nature, that's that's the whole point of it. I mean, that's the same thing with... Um, um, electing a libertarian president, expecting a libertarian uh, president to to um, run the government. You know that's uh, completely the opposite point of what a libertarian is. And so, I mean, it's the same thing here. You have you have these anarchist communists who are who there's not really anybody in charge, although they formed a committee. Um, where, you know, everybody just lived where they wanted, you know, and, and that's, everything was all hunky-dory until the real communists, well, the real communists, the communists that were on the world stage showed up, the Russians, the Soviet Union. And while Marx, uh, Karl Marx talked a good game, about this, the people owning everything and such. It's never worked in practice except for on a very, very small scale. Um, everywhere that it's been tried, what's happened is somebody takes command and people who you know, may not be part, wanting to join in with the merry little band. You know, they, you know, in, in the case of the Ukrainians, uh, with Stalin, they star, starve, use the air quotes there, right? They starve to death because of a famine. 
Or in the case of the intellectuals uh, of the Soviet Union, they were sent off to the gulags, which really wasn't that bad, according to one of Bernie's paid uh, Iowa staffers. That's, you know, all they were were just re-education camps, you know, where they learned the value of work until they died. That's the problem with the uh, the concept is that once you set up a thing, somebody's going to want to come in and they're going to take it. So unless you completely, you know, unless you have a uh, an apocalyptic event where all the governments in the world are abolished and and all that's left are little communities here and there. I'm not sure that I see how the anarchist-communist model works. Um, Simply because, I mean, it just doesn't. I mean, well, here, I'll even give you a a religious example of it. The the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I know this is the lib, this is not the religious... Uh, side of my brain, but the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, when they first moved to Utah, practiced the United Order, they spread, the people were, were called to establish communities, and those communities, people lived um, the, the communal lifestyle, where people all owned um, everything in common, and they all worked together, and sometimes the, the resources in that area just weren't enough. Uh, for to survive, but people worked and worked and worked and did their best, and those those communities worked, and they survived until the transcontinental railroad uh, was joined up. And once the railroad was joined up, where the 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 um, transport of goods from the rest of the United States uh, made it made it. Uh, um, too expensive to produce iron, to produce paper, to produce other things in Utah that um, could be produced much cheaper elsewhere. And so those industries fell by the wayside. Um, that, and by and large, the people, uh, the United Order, which is what the communal living was called, uh, was not successful because what happens um in some instances not all you know the needy who are supposed to be helped you know get needier and more people seeing the needy being helped and not having to contribute more people become needy you know when you can kick people out perhaps it works you know but when you feel a moral obligation to help those even when they're not working even at the expense of your own life, then that becomes a different situation. And so, you know, we have to tread very carefully. Um, I think the Democratic Party feels like Senator Sanders is not a viable general election candidate. I would probably agree with that. I think that that there there's enough evidence in, I mean, heaven heavens look at look at california you know all you have to do is run on do you want your state to look like california 
I mean, Mayor Bloomberg's out there saying California is the model for the rest of the United States. Apparently, he hasn't been there in the last 10, 15, 20 years. They have typhus. They have the plague. I mean, you have the resurgence of medieval diseases that have come back. But yeah, let's not, uh, let's just go there. I mean, in reality, when you say champ, build the wall, I would say that wall should start at Yuma and go north and let California secede from the Union. By the way, there's another, uh, uh, you know, the Harvard Law Review, which is a very credible, uh, very well-respected uh, college newspaper um, edited by several giants, um, um, Howard Cosell and many others, and others including uh, Barack Obama, um, just put out a, a proposal that would divide uh, Washington, D.C., into 127 states, apply for statehood. That way there'd be 127 states. They would have uh, the ability not not only in and of themselves to amend the Constitution, uh, to abolish the Bill of Rights, to abolish the Electoral College, to abolish whatever it is that they didn't like, and to have whatever they wanted, you know, private property ownership, etc., you know, the Harvard Law Review is a journal that's taken seriously. And you have somebody there writing on behalf of these socialists and communists explaining how you can constitutionally do it. Washington, D.C., the reason it's not a state, the reason it doesn't have a member of Congress or representatives in the Senate is people were not supposed to live there. People that were supposed to live in Virginia and Maryland because the government was not supposed to be big enough that you needed people actually to live in the swamp. And when I say swamp, I'm not talking about the deep state or the swamp like President Trump is talking about. I'm talking about the swamp that Washington, D.C. was built on. It's unfortunate that it's come to that where a very respected law journal is now... Uh, pointing the way, which it could happen, by the way. You know, all it would take is is a democratically elected president, a, a, a Democrat Senate, and a Democrat House to grant statehood to 127 neighborhoods in Washington, D.C. There's no limit to size of a state. I mean, you know, Wyoming, I think, has, you know, Three or four hundred thousand people in it. You know, all it would take is something like that to constitutionally subvert the Constitution. You know, if we want to get rid of the Constitution, let's do it right. You know, let's have a convention and let's throw it out. 
but that's not doing it right. And the fact that uh, such a prestigious journal advocates that just should at, should point out how close we are to something like that happening. Should a Senator Sanders become president of the United States? If you like the podcast, let people know about it. Um, you know, this is a to me. This is a scary format. I don't like the sound of my own voice. Um, writing was good because I could edit and re-edit and make sure that it was exactly what I wanted to say. And here I'm shooting from the hip. So tell people about it. It's the Snake River Lib. Taxation is theft. And if you think that you're in, if you live in Washington, D.C., and you say, well, I'm not, I don't have any representation, so I shouldn't be taxed, well, move. It's ridiculously expensive to live there anyway. Nobody's making you live there. There's plenty of jobs elsewhere. That's the beauty of this country. We'll talk about income inequality and how people move. You know, the fallacy that people don't move um, economically coming up here in another time. But taxation truly is theft when it's taking money from somebody and giving it to someone else. It's the Snake River Lib Podcast. Have a great night.